I'm going to make him a movie he can't review. You're listening to B-Movies, only on 95BFM. You certainly are. And this morning we have got a wonderful guest in the studio. We have got Anna Marbrook here, who is the director of a gorgeous documentary, Loi Mata, The Sweetest Tears. Morena, Anna, how are you? Morena, I'm really good. It's great to be here. Hey, it's lovely to have you here. I I think this is such a beautiful documentary and um, I, I'm really excited to talk to you about it. But I thought maybe a good place to start would be to chat a little bit about who the key subject in this doco is, which is Lilo Emma Siopi. And uh, could you please fill us in on who she is, who she was, as a wonderful walker maker, but just a, an absolute stalwart human being as well. Who is Emma? That is a great question because she is really a giant mm. of a woman, apart from the fact she's six foot two. Uh, <laughs> and there's some great stories about her in the waka community of, of her strength. It's mm. legendary. Um, and I mean physical strength, yeah. but also her mana and strength is yeah. a wahine toa, you know. So she's Samoan born, mm-hmm. uh, and sorry, pardon me, New Zealand born Samoan, mm-hmm. and she is uh, she is a waka builder, and she's also uh, what's called a traditional sailing master. Mm. So she captains and builds waka. Um, she's learnt at the feet of some of the great matua of voyaging across Te Moana Nui Akiwa, and uh, she's a holder of whakapapa, so she's dedicated her life to uh, to following and understanding that mm. whakapapa that takes her family right back to Samoa mm. and beyond. Um, and she is in in Luimata, the sweetest tears. The story follows her as she leads her family on a courageous journey of healing Mm -hmm. and in many ways it's like a reverse migration uh, as they travel back through their history in Aotearoa and back into Samoa and find both the solutions and the cause of the trauma that's Mm. kind of dogged them as a family throughout their lives. This is probably a good junction to just let anybody know that uh, that might be affected by that. We're probably going to talk a tiny bit about abuse on this segment um, right now so just so you know listening at home Um, because that is kind of one of those I guess key threads in this story that that we're seeing in Loimata and and healing though seems to be the real key part just as you mentioned there because it's just an incredible journey that they go on and I think it's an incredible privilege as an audience to be able to witness it because this is an intensely personal thing that we're uh, privy to and just done so beautifully I really felt like anybody could watch that and see no matter what your you know life situation is see that just the strength of that family and the strength of Emma as well being the person drawing that family together and and really feel some sort of connection with that how how do you know how did you know Emma how did you kind of come to be involved with this project so I met Emma um, quite a few years ago in Samoa when I was working on a Pacific food project called Real Pacific. Mm-hmm. And I, her aunt is a really um, massive mover and shaker in the organics movement in Samoa. Mm-hmm. And so I met her um, and then I started working with the waka. And this was cool. like a collaboration that I've had for many years now with the likes of Hotiroa Barclay Kerr, who's a um, tohunga, a mm-hmm. and Emma was his captain. 
oh, uh, cool. of his waka fleet. Yeah. And she also did a huge amount of training with the young people. So in the projects that I was doing with, with Hotu, mm-hmm. I began to kind of <laughs> become mates, really, yeah, with yeah. Emma because we were doing projects alongside each other and there was some, some of the rangatahi that we were really trying yep. to um, raise and support mm. and you know, under um, Hotu's guidance. And so that friendship grew. Mm. And as I started to get to know Emma better, I started to see that there was this incredible story Mm. in this giant of a woman, Mm. you know, that that hadn't been told. And Emma's so humble um, and so quiet about Mm. her greatness. She would never talk about it. Mm. But when you spend time with her, you see it. And so for me, I felt, especially given that she had cancer Mm. um, since uh, 2012, uh, so I saw that as she was getting sicker, the story in her was Mm. needed to be told. It had to be shared, um, not not for Emma, but for um, the people who that she was that she was going to leave a a a legacy of healing to. Absolutely, and and that's something I was really struck by watching this was that she seems like such a linchpin for that for that family, and that she's been carrying a lot of that story, and so much of this documentary is about, I guess the burden of that story being lifted a little bit by it being talked about, that is something that seems to come back to shedding light on it so that it can be not just this heavy shame of, of uh, you know, systemic assault and abuse that we, we see in this story, but it becomes something that the family shares and talks about and, and it is something that I found incredibly moving to see her you can really see her feel the weight of it lift a little bit as well. How was it for you as her friend making this documentary and seeing this story kind of unfold? Yeah, it's it's um, it's been a big journey mm. uh, for us, for us all. Mm. Um, I think any time you're telling stories that's about breaking silence mm. and lifting shame, they're quite strong verbs. Yeah. You know, to they break are. silence and lift shame. And I think... We all know um, various levels of shame uh, in our own lives. And when you think of some of the shame that Emma was holding, it was quite heavy Mm. um, because uh, what has been spoken about with me from the family is that often that shame gets internalised and it becomes your shame, your fault. Um, So to actually transcend that and to lift that requires a deep personal journey mm-hmm. and some of that forgiveness actually ironically has to be found inside oneself mm. which is the kind of paradox yeah. I think of the of the um, of systemic abuse and you know Emma's really um, worked hard with her family and mm. beautifully they're an extraordinary family they you are know, these are yeah. masterful communicators these are um, people who have dedicated their lives to um, helping other people mm. and to contributing to um, conversations around some of these things. And in this film, we embarked on a big conversation. And so, you know, as the filmmakers with myself and my brother mm. um, who produced the film with me and our crew, um, that conversation was shared amongst us. So in answer to your question, it's been a challenge Mm. I I can't you know I can't pretend it hasn't Um, and 
you know, the fact that Emma has passed away mm. and passed away during the making of the film, of course, adds its own um, levels of grief. But, you know, Emma's got an, a, an amazing attitude to life and death mm. and she's got this incredible force. So for her, it was very important that people came away from the film with hope yeah. and life and feeling invigorated. So that kind of mantra for me yeah. and for uh, my brother and the filmmaking team has kind of held us through this process. Mm. So sometimes when you say, oh, this, the subject in the film is, is abuse, that's one of the subjects. It is. Um, it's only one, though. That's, absolutely. That's a crucial thing, I think. Yeah. It's a lot about how we can use um, inside our families the strength that we have, yeah. how we can look to our cultures and see the beauty and draw from that in our healing. Mm. So it's about looking at really at that holistic idea of healing is about really working with um, our whakapapa, really working with our, um, our unique traditions that we have around how we can operate as humans. Mm. Um, and those are there, we just have to dig in and find them. Yeah. And it's very affirming to know that that healing can be accessed inside family, can totally. be accessed inside our own hearts. And I think sometimes those messages um, don't get conveyed enough because we're often pushing people into um, victims. Mm. And um, That is not what this film feels like at all. I think that's a really interesting thing I hadn't thought about until you just said that then. But there, there doesn't feel like a sense of victimhood when you watch this. These are really strong people talking about some really awful experiences and how it's shaped their lives. But also at no point do they not seem like the the people driving their own narratives, you know? And that is really crucial, I think, watching this was quite remarkable because it is a huge privilege, as I said before, to be able to kind of be invited into someone's life like that and for them to t talk about it so openly and in a format where, you know, lots of people are going to watch a documentary, lots of people are going to see this. And and that, I think, will be something that a lot of people watching might draw a lot of strength from too. Is that something you hope? Yes, we worked very consciously with this um, a feeling of intimacy and of course that came from the friendship mm. um, between Emma and myself and then through the process of working together that friendship extended into the family and um, and that of course is in the actual filming of it. So we had to be incredibly present. Mm -hmm. um, the film is shot in a way that it's actuality footage, so it doesn't rely on a, a lot of interview. Mm. You actually step into these scenes and it's in actuality. So that was a very conscious um, mode of storytelling. Mm. Um, we didn't want a narrator. We wanted you to actually feel that you were with the family mm. because that's how we approached the filming. So that congruence between the thinking, the filming, and then the final product being the film, because we also wanted to open that space of conversation. Mm. And so that in some ways requires um, an approach where you're not telling the audience what to think and feel. Yeah. You're immersing them in a um, very interactive experience inside a family so that they can actually bring their own narrative to that 
and um, I think that's quite important yeah. in terms of how we approach the work and also how we want people to experience the film. I, cer- I certainly think that is how you experience it. You do feel very much like you're being carried along in the story and it's being revealed to you as it's being revealed probably to you guys filming it as well, which is what it felt like. And it is just gorgeous as well. It's just a gorgeous film. Just some of the shots are so stunning. Uh, when I was watching it, my flatmate walked past my bedroom and he went, oh, what are you watching? That looks beautiful. So it's visually, it's really lovely. And I, I think it's it's a, it's an amazing thing that you and your brother made this with this family as well. It's got that really lovely, I guess, connection of people kind of definitely feels like a core part of it. Mm. Uh, if you've just tuned in, we're talking about Loi Mata, The Sweetest Tears, which is directed by Anna Marbrook and is part of the NZIFF this year. And if people want to watch it, they can jump online. There will be some screenings on uh, August the 2nd and August the 3rd, but you can also go to an IRL cinema too and have a real life experience as well, which is um, pretty awesome. Uh, we have got a whole bunch of different dates here, which I have accidentally just closed the tab for, which is really <laughs> highly professional of me here. Uh, but can you remember any of them? Yeah, yeah. so Loi Mata opens on the 25th of July at the ASB Waterfront Theatre. That's our world premiere. Mm. And then if you go onto the NZIFF website, you've got a couple of options. Um, you've got your in-cinema experiences and, of course, your online experiences, which is brilliant. It's um, great. It's a great it's, way. It's really contemporary. Totally. You know? It's yeah. that, you know, we've got this, you can still have this wonderful old-school in front of the cinema, in a community, mm. watching a film together, like sitting around the fire. Yeah. You know, that feel, that beautiful feeling of being together. Mm. Or if you're in areas that don't have access to the cinemas and you can actually watch and experience the festival online. Mm. So our film has a um, an outing across Aotearoa. We're screening in Auckland, in Wellington, in New Plymouth. Uh, we're also in Napier, we're in Tauranga, Christchurch, <laughs> Dunedin, and Gore. Hey, shout outs yeah, to Gore. Shout outs to Southland, which I understand you have a very close connection there. We were with, all right? just comparing our accents before. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a beautiful film. Thank you so much, Anna, for coming and sharing the story with us as well. Um, Loi Mata, The Sweetest Tears, is part of the NZIFF. Thank you for coming in today. Oh, it's great. It's been great to be with you. Go ahead. Make my film. You're listening to B-Movies.